different things, and so we love him tonight. Don't come. Obey the Lord. We're going to give him a good Bendale welcome this pulpit tonight. God bless you, Brother Isaac. Love you, man. Appreciate you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't we give a hand clap to the Lord one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. I love you, my Jesus. I love you. I love you with all my heart, God. Praise God. Amen. 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 I'm, I'm going to keep you uh, standing for the word of the Lord. I, I'm going to do a little, talk a little bit before I read it, but it's going to be in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 3 through 4. I want to teach just a little bit briefly and then give my testimony. There's nothing more powerful than being, being lost and then the Lord Jesus giving you newness of life, letting you be born again and giving you a whole new fresh start, all because of his blood. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't you, aren't you happy you have an amazing pastor and, and Sister Moore as well? Anointed to pastor over you, anointed for this area. Thank you, Pastor Moore. Amen. We came from uh, Washington, D.C., uh, Living Hope UPC of D.C., uh, with Pastor uh, Jerry Staten and Eric Haldeman. And uh, we're coming to visit uh, my wife and I and our baby, Elio Nye, my wife's Maria. She's right over there and uh, can't miss her. Always smiles and bubbly. And we came to visit uh, my mother um, and my stepdad, Mac. And they have spoiled us with all the southern food and all the sugar and, and sweet tea. and It's steaks. It's been delicious. Thank you. And I love you. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful to be here with you. Amen. Let's read that word. Amen. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 3 through 4, it says, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Amen. You may be seated. Lord Jesus, we take dominion right now over any spirit that comes against the word of God. I command those who are oppressed right now in Jesus' name, they be loosed from oppression in Jesus' name. They be loosed. In the name of Jesus, from hurts, from pains, they be loosed from sickness in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your anointed word fall upon us, God, in our hearts in good soil. And do your work as the, the word carries its own weight. I thank you. I love you in Jesus' name. 
Amen. I was 13 years old, I remember, when I came here. And I moved over here with my mom and Mac, and Brother Mac, and Sister Liz. And uh, I was 13 years old. Now I'm 33. So that's 20 years ago that I was here. And I remember, amen, Brother Buford would come running down that aisle with his hands raised. <laughs> he wouldn't give it all he got. And he would run as, as, as slow as it was. He gave it all for running to the altar with his hands raised. I have those memories. I have those memories with Brother Troy. He would give a word of God and moved by the Spirit as he always does and sings a song that would impact. I remember Brother Troy. I remember, amen, Brother Brennan, young and uh, always raising his hands, always jumping up. And I always saw that I was sitting in the back. And I remember Pastor Moore, he would come to me. And, and one day he told me about the Holy Ghost and how I could receive it. And he gave me the instruction. And I remember we prayed and whatnot, but I, I didn't understand it. I had not received it. I was there. I was so close, but not quite. Not quite. Amen. But that, can't, that doesn't have to be you today. You, if you need the Holy Ghost, if there's one person who needs it, you can receive it simply by believing in Jesus. Amen. Asking God to forgive you of your sins, believing that he has forgiven you, and receiving the Holy Ghost. Amen. By faith you shall receive it. If you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, you can ask Pastor Moore, I need to get baptized in the name of Jesus, and we will baptize you in Jesus' name. It's being born again. Amen. If you need a miracle, all you have to do is call in the name of Jesus, and you can receive that miracle. There's no secrets to it. The name of Jesus is not a secret formula. Amen. It's believing in the person, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He will heal your wounds. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Jesus went into the biggest trial of his life. He went through suffering. But in all of his suffering, he learned obedience. In all of his trials, he learned obedience. Amen. Some trials, as Pastor Moore stated last time on the Christmas service, he stated, some trials are done by, our, by man. We, we cause those trials, and we get in our own mess. And other trials, God actually leads us into that trial, but it's so that we can hold his hand while, and walk with him through that trial. Amen. Faith is like this, man of God. When you believe and you have faith, faith is touching God and grabbing his hand. Amen. But come, come here, man of God. But trust, when you trust in God, when you trust, it's him walking with you through the trial. It's him walking through with you through the struggle, through the pain, through your suffering. Amen. Thank you. 
And that, that's what God wants for us. We, with faith, you can easily receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. With faith, amen, you can receive your miracle just like that. With faith, Lord, you could touch God. You could touch his garment. But when you trust in God, amen, that's when you're holding his hand through the fire. That's when you're holding his hand through your suffering, through that situation that you go through. That is that level of faith, amen, that Brother Choi was talking about, that we need to trust the Lord in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our suffering. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I was 15, amen, years old when I got into a relationship, a bad relationship with, with a girlfriend. I was a teenager about two years after I had left to California to live with my dad. And because it was not the timing of God, because this relationship was not the will of God, it had failed, and it was what distracted me from keeping my eyes and my focus with God. Amen. And when I, when I was, um, uh, when I had, uh, we had separated and broken up at that young age, I struggled with my identity. I did not know, amen, what, 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 where I was, what direction I was going or what I was going to do, and and so I got angry with God. I wasn't in the right place with God. My heart did not cling on. It did not write truth, and it did not write mercy upon my heart. It, it didn't choose to cling on the word of God. Amen. But there's something powerful here I love in Psalms 119. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. If I were to love the word of God, if I were to hold mercy and truth in my life, then I know that these things, my decisions would have gone another direction. But I instead chose to be offended with God. Instead, I came to this altar and I accused God. And I said, why did this happen? Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel so depressed? And I had decided to curse God and leave God. I had decided to not believe in God and become an atheist. And from there, everything went downhill. I began to, I dropped out of high school in my, after my 10th grade. I hung out with the wrong crowd, with the wrong people. They weren't gangsters. I was not in a gang. But as a young man at those times, I, it was my ident the identity I was trying to identify with these wannabe gangsters. And I was angry. I was just lost. And when I, I had chosen to get into drugs, I had chosen to drink alcohol, and the wrong decisions, the bad decisions. You know, sin can take you further than you thought it would take you. And when we just touched a little bit of that sin, the devil's just going to, just, you just open up your whole spirit, your whole everything for sin to come. And there's no telling how far and how deep and how low you will go because the devil wants to steal he want your salvation. He wants to kill your, your salvation. He wants to kill you. Amen. He wants to destroy everything about you because he, God loves you. Amen. Because God sees that you're precious in his sight and he wants to destroy everything about you. 
that uh, everything about God's creation. And I was walking two blocks away from my house, and I remember that three guys had, uh, when I was 16 years old, three guys had asked for a light. They said, hey, you got a light? I said, no, I don't got, I don't got a light. And they said, do you have any, any dank, any marijuana? And I said, I, I don't have any, but if you guys have some, I'm looking for some too. That's what I told them. I never knew who they were. They looked Hispanic. They looked bigger than me. Uh, they wore all black. And all of a sudden, I turned around. They were right behind me. And a man had swinged as if he punched my chest. But when I turned around, I saw he was holding a knife in his hand. And my reaction was to run. It wasn't to fight back. So I ran two feet, and I tripped on my ankle, and I fell face forward to the ground where all I can think is cover my neck as they began to stab me, all three of them, 11 times on the ground. They said, let's go, and they left. I, perhaps they were on a mission, for, uh, what they so-called, to recruit, and they have to kill someone in order to do that. But all I can remember is I was leaking out blood coming out of my body, and I, blood was coming out of my chest where they had punctured my lung. And I was able to get up and run, and I ran one block to the donut shop. And I remember I went there and asked them, quick, call 911. I just got stabbed. And a lady had screamed and shouted, oh, my goodness, and came. And I said, call 911. And I felt weaker and weaker each second that went by. And I, all I can think is I'm, I'm getting weaker, and I'm getting weaker, and it's harder to even just, just to think. But I remember the ambulance came and they took me to uh, put me up on a on the helicopter and transported me to a place where they do trauma. And as time went by, I remember I felt weaker and weaker. Amen. My mother had was just telling me today and yesterday that she remembers that she had got a phone call from my oldest brother and he said, "Mommy, Isaac." just got stabbed and she said what I, I don't I don't know what you're what you're saying and can you repeat that he's like he said Isaac got stabbed and she said I'm, I'm sorry I can't hear you you're gonna need to say a little bit slower he said mommy Isaac got stabbed and then she knew and the moment she got that call two in the morning she told me she called pastor Moore the news that no mother wants to hear and call a pastor. And I know that, Brother Moore, you, you, Pastor Moore, you brought that petition and you brought it to the church here. And it was your prayers that God did a miracle in my life when I was in the brinks of death. And the doctor said they didn't know whether I was going to live as much blood they were pumping into my body. To, more of it was leaking out of my body. They said that a lung had been punctured and they at lung had collapsed and they didn't know whether I was going to live and I felt like I was going to let go of my la my breath and and I had I felt so weak and with a moment I felt like I did let just let go and, and close my eyes because I had no more strength in me I saw a flashback of my whole life since I was a baby a kid all the way up to 16 years old and it's almost like I felt a strong move, almost like the presence of God, actually. A strong urge that said whether I wanted to live or I wanted to die, it was a strong feeling. 
And I said, no, that's when I called the name of Jesus. And I said, in Jesus' name, I'm not ready to die. Give me another chance in Jesus' name. And mind you, I was claiming atheism at that time, but it was at that brink of that moment that I had called on the name of Jesus, and God had done a miracle in my life. God had given me a second chance. And I know that it's not me alone that called on the name of Jesus, but it was your prayers of intercession that went forth that I that gave me the mind and the ability to say, Jesus, hallelujah. I am a product of your prayers. I am a product of that. Never forget that you can intercede for your family. You can intercede for another soul that is lost. And the prayers of God are heard instantly. And God can meet your prayer right there. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes we're hardened in our hearts. Amen. Um, actually, I'm going to, I'm a plumber, and I, I do plumbing, and I've got to do some amazing things. Uh, I got to see amazing places. Uh, I've got to do plumbing in the White House and actually disturb the, uh, the president, the Trump administration, and, and uh, my coworker did the Biden administration. And uh, we, we got a hammer drill, and it's a, a tool that drills into concrete. And that's what we did is we drilled up to the concrete to do hang hangers for a plumbing system. And a butler came down all in white and saying, whatever you guys are doing, you need to stop. Stop right now. If you're hammer drilling, stop. And so that, 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 that happened. Amen. I'm getting somewhere. I wanted to, to, to add this. Amen. That hammer drill. Amen. That, remember that parable that Jesus said about there's different grounds, there's different soils that where the seed of the word of God falls and, and, and so the good ground, there's stony ground, there's, a, there's wayside ground and there's that uh, uh, good soil ground and, and there, there's about four of those different grounds and the one that has good ground, good soil, that's the one where the seed, the word of God moves and it's able to open and Sometimes God, he, he's like that, that, that plumber <laughs> with, the, uh, with the hammer drill and, or with the, with the telling machine. And, and he's, he's there and he's trying to drill into that, the stony heart of our hearts to prepare us to receive a word from God. And, but sometimes we, 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 we're like that butler with, who's dressed all in white and comes down and says, What are you doing, God? Why are what are you doing? And we get offended and we, we get angry and we ignore the things that God has, has been doing and the work he's been doing, the prayers that have gone in. And sometimes we're so hard-headed, we decide we're, we get offended with God again. And that's what happened to me in that hospital. I was hard-headed. Though he had done a physical miracle, my heart still needed surgery from God. I still needed mercy in my heart. I still did not have truth and I needed truth inside of my heart. Amen. God could do a physical miracle in your life, but your heart could still be rotten. So that's why it's important that we may allow God to do the work in our heart, to do the surgery in our heart, so that we can have the fruit of the Spirit to bear in our hearts and our minds. Hallelujah. 
I'm, I'm getting here somewhere. I'm getting here somewhere. Amen. That, that and the, the point of this of this message and the point of my testimony is that there's many times that we can get offended with others. We could get offended with God. We could get offended in, in our walk. And there's going to be offenses. Jesus said, whoa, that offenses must come. Hallelujah. And so he's saying that there is going to be offenses that come. But God wants us to allow he wants us to allow him to do surgery inside of our hearts for four more years i was living with bitterness and with anger in my heart i wanted revenge i had hatred and my thought wasn't healthy i was emotionally unstable i was over the gang thing i was like oh that's dumb i don't, I don't want anything to do with that but I still was lost in drinking. I was still lost in drugs. And it, I, the worst of it all is that I had I held bitterness in my heart. I held offense inside of my heart. I didn't want anything to do with God. I didn't want anything to do with my family who were Christian. I didn't want any, any of their attention or even their prayers, even all that God has done for me and all the mercy he showed over my life. There was a time where I was able to get the opportunity to get revenge and a friend had told me, I know somebody who knows the three who did it to you. And I want to get, do you want to get revenge? Do you want to get him? I said, let's do it. Within that week, my mother had gone to California for my oldest brother's wedding. She was there. My, some of my brothers were there. And I had told them, this is what I'm going to do, Mom. I don't, I'm not trying to argue with you. I'm not trying to for you to convince me to not do this, I am going to do this. I'm going to get revenge. I'm going to do this. And I had all plan out that I told her and all the details you don't need to hear. And I know that because of that, what I just told her, and of that, of what I told my brother Joshua, who was in Christ at a Bible college, and uh, that it was her, my mother's prayers, amen, that she went up for me who is in urgent need. I'm, I love that this church is based on prayer. You pray right before. You pray when you're right here. Amen. This is just a, an awesome praying church that believes that God can answer prayers. So my mother had prayed and interceded for me. My brother Joshua, he has ministered here before. And he, came, he was uh, the, the president of the student body at that time. And every Thursday, they take up needs just like you do here, and they pray. And he said, my brother has a need, and he needs prayer right now. And my wife was there in Bible college. Uh, I had met her there years later. And uh, she, was, she remembers that we, they prayed for me at that time that I was in a crisis. I was in a situation. Maybe you want to call it an unspoken request because it's so sensitive. You don't want people to hear. But, yo, I know that it was because of the prayers, the intercessions of a mother. It was because the intercessions of a people who believed in God. Amen. It was because we called in the name of Jesus and presented our needs that God put in my heart the word forgiveness in my mind. And it was the hardest thing in my whole life but I had chosen to forgive those three men hallelujah forgiveness is what did the surgery in my heart those scars are never going to go away I, I can see them I can feel them they're always going to be there there's a scar right here and it's I'm always going to see it scars will never go away you will never forget what happened to you but when you forgive amen God does a full work, a full healing. You will always know what you did, what happened to you in your past. But God, it is God's purpose to use what happened in your past to be able to minister to another soul that is in need. Amen. 
true scars that, that are in your past, true scars that you feel should be healed. It should not feel pain. But if it still feels pain, it's because it's still a fresh wound and it needs to be healed. Well, the same is in our hearts that we have scars of things done in our past, scars from things that someone has said, and they're, they're little things, but we make them so big before God. Amen. Sometimes it's just the enemy just trying to put something so that he brings division within the body or within our families. But if, we, it's, if you could think about that wound, that, that scar that's in your past and you still feel pain, it's because it's still a fresh wound and we need Jesus to come and help and heal that. And through the power of the Spirit, you can ask Jesus and he can help you with that need. Jesus can help you have a full healing from that past so much that he, you have a ministry where God can use you and reach another soul that is in need. Everyone here has a ministry. God is in the business of restoring ministries. God is in the business of reconciling a person to him. He loves you so much with an everlasting love. He wants you to be healed inside of your heart. And that's when God did surgery in my heart. That's when I was in search for God. I was in search for the concept of God. Almost kind of like what you might say agnostic. I don't know and higher power, but I was looking in the wrong places. I looked in the garbage. I looked in the Islam and the Buddha and, the, and all these other things and philosophy, and I wanted to know where this forgiveness come from. I, I, this is something they don't teach you in school. They, don't, they give you knowledge. They give you a career, and trust me, you, your identity is not based on who you're, what you do for your career or what education you get, but they don't teach you what's in, in the heart, what the issue is in the heart. They teach you knowledge, how to be a doctor, a lawyer, a plumber. But they don't teach you what's in the heart. And so I was looking for this. I was desperate to know where this wisdom come from, where this forgiveness come. It was at the exact and perfect timing that I would have never gone to a church service that my brother had, would have, he invited me to a funeral. I don't know, some of you might know him, Pastor Kenneth Haney. And he said, it's going to be a big funeral. Come on over. Check it out. I said, all right, I'll go just to see if I can get some wisdom. And I don't know much about the preaching. But I remember what impacted me was my brother Joshua's roommate. And he was from, I think, Uganda or somewhere in Africa. And he had, I had told him everything that I had gone through and what I'm in search for. And he said, are you looking for wisdom? Read the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is full of wisdom. I said, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. So that, it just took that one word, that, that was that personal word, that one-on-one. -on -one, and I opened this book that I hadn't read in five years. I was 21 years old. And I read this Proverbs ch starting from chapter 1. But I got to a verse that said Proverbs 9 and 10. It said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the holy is understanding so then I, I, I had my, released a little bit of my faith to that word with whatever I could understand. And I said, okay, I got to believe in God in order to get wisdom. So I came to church and I said, I'm going to give God a try. So I came in, I went sat, sat in the back and I remember the, the preaching and whatnot. I, I mean, I, well, really, I don't remember what the preaching was because I'm so blind and lost. But all I know is that I wanted to, to get wisdom, and I, I wanted to give God a try, and I wanted to, to know if he is real. I wanted something real. And I remember I raised my hand when the altar came. I never came to the front. I was back there, and I said, God, if you're real, show me that you're real. I want to know. And nothing happened. 
my heart was as hard as a rock, as a stone. Amen. And then I went the second time to church. I said, I'm going to try it again. I want to try it one more time. I want to go in there and see if God is real. The preacher had preached the songs we're saying, and I stayed back there. I never went in altar call up here, but I raised my hand. I said, God, if you're real, I want to know that you're real. Show me that you're real. And I, nothing happened. I felt nothing because my heart was as hard as a rock, as a stone. But then the word of God came to my remembrance, and it said, faith without works is dead. Meaning I can't just believe in God. I can't believe in the concept of a God. But I have to do in what I believe in and what the word of God says. So I knew I had to stop drinking. I knew I had to stop cussing. I knew I had to stop doing all these things I knew that was sin. And I just went cold turkey. I said, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop doing this. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to start cussing. I'm going to stop cussing. I'm going to stop doing all these things. I knew that was sin. And it was, it was hard because, you know, I, I just tried, but out of my own will, I was trying it. And then I went to church that time, and I said, God, I'm now I, I re it was with a desperate heart. I said, God, I need to know. I need to know if you're real. I stopped cussing. I stopped doing all these things that I knew that was sin. And I saw a lady. I didn't even come to the front, but I, saw, I was in the back. And I remember on my right, I saw a lady that on my right with her hands raised in the air. She was saying, glory to God, glory to God. Oh, you don't know the impact that you do when you worship God with all of your heart. When you decide to raise your hands, when you decide to jump, you never know somebody beside you just needs a little bit of that. It rubs off of you and it goes off to that person in need. And that's what happened to me. I said, God, give me what that lady has. I want what she has. And I felt the presence of God come upon me. I felt a peace that had come into my heart. That's when I gave a little more faith and I said, oh God, I believe. I feel different. I could smile with the church. I could smile with everyone else. I haven't felt this way in a long time. But then there was more revelation. My brother had invited me to a conference and he said, you could receive the Holy Ghost with the sign of speaking in tongues like the apostles did in the book of Acts. And I said, oh, whoa, that's what I want. Uh, let's, uh, let's do it. I want all that I can get of God. You know, I, 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 went, I, was, I was all the way in, in living in sin, and I want to live all the way. If whatever I, I can get, I want to get as much as I can. And so I chose to give my faith to God. And I remember I was just right there. I was standing in the front. I was on fire for God. But I have not yet had that revelation. I have not yet received that experience of receiving the Holy Ghost 21 years of age even though I was exposed of it in when I was 13 here. Even at camp, it was so powerful. I didn't know until now. I know that was powerful. What, you guys, the youth, you got to go to camp, and I, I know you probably do, and if you haven't, you got to go. Disclaimer. <laughs> and I raised my hand, and I said, God, forgive me of all my sins. I am in need of you. I, I don't know. I, I need you, and I worship you. And it was out of a sincere heart. That's all it took. It was so simple. Maybe it's because I lived with so much guilt and shame of all the, the, the bad that I did of, of doing bad things. Sometimes I hesitate to say it, what, what to leave in, leave out. I guess I could say that when my brother would reach the lost, when he would reach the youth group, I was the man who went and pulled them off to the side in the bushes and, and did marijuana and drugs with them and brought them back to the Bible study high. 
But when I gave my life to God, I lived with shame saying, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. And I would be right there and I would say, forgive me, God. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, God. Forgive me, Lord. And I lived with shame and I kept the shame and I kept the guilt inside. I didn't receive the Holy Ghost right away. It took me three months after I decided to have faith in God. But I lived and I bottled guilt and shame inside of my heart. And it wasn't until I could release that to God and believe that he had forgiven me of my sins. That, that at that moment a minister had lightly laid his hand over my chest. I felt all oh, a presence of God so strong that came all over my body. And I know that not everybody receives it this way. This is the way I did it. I had fell to the ground and I began to speak in tongues so loudly rolling on the ground. And it was the most beautiful experience that I had ever experienced in my life. Sometimes we got to believe that Jesus had forgiven us and the full work on Calvary has done in our lives. Hallelujah. God wants to remove all the shame, all the guilt. He wants complete healing in your heart from no matter how dirt, dirty and bad. Oh, as a plumber, I know Pastor Moore, just like you said, you used to work in with some rough people. And same with plumbing. There's some rough guys. They're, they're bad. They're bad. They say, my, my wife, I, 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 I should have done this and I should have done that. And, and now I have no, she left me with her kids. And now I have no one to scream to except for the walls, drunk. Some rough guys who I'd offer Bible study. And sadly, this man had Rejected Bible study, not long later he died in a four-wheeler accident. Rough guys, rough guys. World fences will come. Amen. But God, God wants to heal all of those wounds. He wants to heal every offense. He wants to remove every shame and every guilt. He wants to do a quick healing in your heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, they hated him. They, they were killing him. They were nailing. The blood was coming out. I mean, they were murdering him. Just I can relate that of, of, of the murder part. I was, they meant for me to die, and they, they really were doing that to Jesus. But what did he do? What words came out of his mouth through the suffering, through the pain that it was his own people that he loved? He said, Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. Sometimes with lots of hurt and lots of pains, it's not just an act of faith, but it's trusting in God. God, I need you to hold my hand because I can't do it on my own. I can't do it with my own flesh, with my own ways, with my own intellect, with my own mind. I need you. To, I believe in you, but I need a little bit more. And so you got to trust in God where you trust that he's going to walk you through the suffering. He's going to walk you through offenses. He's going to walk you through the fire, whatever trial you're going through. It doesn't have to be maybe an offense, but it could be even with grieving. There's pain. There's, there's suffering in there. And all you got to do is hold and say, God, I need your hand. I need you to hold my hand and walk me through that fire. I need you to walk me through Amen. And the reason why I say that, I recently sent a text to an old, older man ready to retire. He lost his dad recently. And then he lost his mom early, earlier in the year. He's had a rough year, retirement year. And I gave him that word, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not in thy own understanding. That's the next verse of what we read. But first I say, 
if there's any obedience that we can learn through our suffering, is there, if there's any obedience through our trials that we can learn, we should keep the mercy of God and keep truth, hang it and bind it in our neck and also write it upon the table of our heart. That's what God wants us to do. That's how he wants us to obey. If I would have kept those words, none of these things would have happened and I should have not left offended. But I want to let you know that God wants no matter how deep you've gone in sin, no matter how bad the offense has been, it could be with family. And yes, a lot of times it is with family. It, 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 I don't know how, why, but many times offenses, a lot of them happen with, within family more often. You'll have it at work. You'll have it with those tough and rough guys who just, they're, 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 they got nothing good for them. But we should love them and reach for them. We should be that example because if we're living with bitterness, we're not being that example. If we're talking against others, they're picking that up and they're seeing that. And that's not going to be an example. But God wants to do, this is the ministry that God's given me for you. That he did for me in my testimony. Is that God wants, wants you to go through full healing of your scars and your wounds. He wants to hold you. He wants you. He wants to hold your hand through the trial, through the fire, through your suffering. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And so this altar call will be to invite you. I know. Let us stand, and musicians can come. I'm going to let Pastor Moore take over. I just want to say these few words. That God, you did not come here for no reason. But God wants to do a work right now. He wants to do surgery in your heart to take you to the new year. Before you can have that victory, before you can have that new fresh start, you've got to, we got to die to ourselves and come to the altar and come to a cross. Some of us have different trials. Some of us have different needs. But God wants, he is, Jesus is the answer. And he wants to hold your hand. And he is here to meet your need no matter what it is. It takes a humble heart. It's the hardest thing to do, but it takes a humble heart to be that man to say, I'm, I am wounded. It really does. And then when God does that, trust me, you're going to have such an anointing. You're going to have a ministry that is restored. Amen. So let us come to the altar and receive from God. Amen, Pastor Moore. So they getting a song ready. Why don't, why don't we come? Why don't we come together tonight? What a beautiful message that we've heard on this Wednesday night. The promise that he would take us by the hand, leading us into the new year 23 that's coming but able to lead us through all the pain, the suffering, the heartaches, the disappointments, the offenses that come from so many different directions. But it doesn't matter where it comes from. This God is big enough to lead us and guide us. So let's just take a moment and spend a little time with the Lord here tonight to help us. Comfort. 
everybody him to say, where could I go? to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. My, my. We've heard from the Lord tonight. Brother Isaac has done an outstanding job in this place tonight. What a powerful testimony. It's amazing how God would work. How the visitations and moving and operating, bringing, and even patient it up to work through the years to bring him where he's brought him here tonight. What a testimony we've heard in this house tonight, a word, a man. And folks, we need a friend in the end of this journey. We all need it. We've all, we all deal with offenses. I promise you, they're not over with when you come to God. Sometimes they come because you have come to God. And thank God, he's the one that can reach in them stony hearts. He knows how to work on them. He knows how to, how to work. Nobody can work like he can work. I want to be his workmanship, don't you? Thank you, Brother Isaac. What a beautiful message. Appreciate you. You've done a good job, brother. I promise you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Don't forget, we will be having service 7 o'clock Saturday night, foot washing, communion. All right? Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. Brother Rouse will be with us this Sunday and Monday. Brother Sanford will be the following Sunday and Monday. Okay? So don't get it mixed up. All right. God bless you.